Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. It is day four at the Scouting Combine. We are here in the Convention Center. Been here all week long, sitting here at table number seven. Been having a lot of fun, and we're going to keep this party rolling as we do each and every day, 2 to 5 p.m. Of course, it's 8 o'clock. Well, the show will get wrapped up 8 o'clock here uh, on the East Coast. But it's a, it's been a lot of fun. There's actually activities going on right now in Lucas Oil Stadium. My man Vinny Bonsignor, who's joined me here at the table, is actually at the stadium. He'll join us a little bit later on in the show. He's checking out some of the drills. I went over there and checked out a few of the, the drills as well. Saw some big guys running some 40s. Saw some big guys jumping. Saw some big guys running uh, through these other different drills. And I uh, thought it was really cool. You know, it's the first time ever that, uh, that the media has actually been allowed to be in the stadium as well to watch these so there's a handful of uh, media members in a certain section of uh, lucas oil stadium checking out all the activities and it's so funny going in there and seeing a lot of people in there and there are a lot of people there's fans walking around the concourse uh, there's some fans there in the stadium but it is quiet quiet and quiet so uh, there's no radio shows being done there there's a few you know the nfl network has their setup of course espn has their setup guys are on the uh, on the the field but there are no radio shows so there would be no way to do a show like this from there while they're trying to be as quiet as they are but Vinny Boston yours over there he'll come over here and give us a you know a little bit of a rundown or a recap of uh, what he was able to check out and of course I'll continue to monitor Twitter there's a couple TVs here in the convention center but one is really far away and then the other one's behind me so I'm not going to be turning around looking behind me all the time so I'll continue to monitor Twitter and see if there's any big highlights coming out of uh, all the drills that are going on right now inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. But uh, really cool. For the first time ever being in there as well, I thought that that was, a, that was a nice little experience for this week. And this whole week has been a fantastic experience, even including this morning when <laughs> I got here bright and early as we do each and every day. And for some reason, I had no idea why, but one of the fine places here in town, uh, St. Elbow, Elmo, as a matter of fact, that a lot of people talk about and JT has suggested that I go to, they were walking around here and they were handing out shrimp cocktail. So I was like, oh, great, you know, big old fat shrimp. So I was like, sure, why not? And I remember Vinny said, oh, you want one? I said, yeah, why not? I mean, if they're going to walk around and hand them out, I usually don't eat breakfast, but this nice little shrimp would be cool. It's a good way to start the day. And as soon as I took and I, I hate that I, I hate that I deleted the audio. As soon as I took the plate, all these cameras got in my face. And the reason I say I had audio recording, I was getting ready to record my podcast with Lee Sterling. I do a, a podcast every morning with him called Locked On Bet. So I was about to record with them. So I had the recording going, and that's when Vinny asked me if I wanted to have the shrimp. And I said, yeah, that, that's cool. And so they, as soon as I grabbed the plate, I'm telling you, all these cameras like swarmed me. So I looked around and said, am I getting punked? You know, is this like an episode of Cheaters? I mean, what's, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where all these cameras are on you and you think something's going wrong. And nobody said anything. They just were looking at me with the camera. And I was like, well, what the hell? So I ate this shrimp. And immediately I had this rush to my head. And, it, I mean, it's just, 
it almost felt like something was running up my face. I, I had no idea what was going on, but apparently the horseradish that was on it or whatever hot sauce, I guess, is on it was hot, and it just immediately cleared my sinuses and just went straight up. And, I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't something that hurt. It wasn't something that was, like, overwhelming. It was just weird feeling. It just... Again, something just, if, if something's ever ran up your face, which I don't know how anything runs up your face, that's what happened. That's what it felt like. And I think for about 30 minutes, uh, I was, I, I don't I want to say I was numb, but I was just in a weird state of, yeah, that happened. <laughs> so that was uh, an early activity. So I don't know, uh, Damon, if you're a shrimp connoisseur when it comes to, uh, you know, shrimp cocktail, but uh, have you ever had an experience like that? Uh, the closest thing that I can even try to say would be at the Super Bowl when I had the Szechuan uh, pepper type drink that the uh, Las Vegas committee was giving around. You remember that? Oh, and that that's made the, right. That made my tongue numb, yeah. but not something where it something runs up my face. Because and then you said cameras were around. Were they expecting like some big reaction? I guess so. I don't know. Uh, and it, it was so funny because, like I said, Lee was – I was trying to record the podcast with him, so he was on the phone and he was listening and he was like, oh, my gosh, that was the funniest thing ever. But when I went to press stop to re- to stop it, I accidentally hit enter and it deleted it. So I didn't – I don't have the audio or else I'd play it just so you can experience it with me. It was – I mean, it was hilarious. Um, and Lee said he was dying. He's like, man, you were great. He's like, I'm sure you're going to be on some commercial at some point. And I said, well – as long as they go on and run me some royalties, which they will not, that my my royalties will be the the piece of strip that I. Had. <laughs> so there's that. But it was fun. I mean, it was fun, and I guess they got a good laugh out of it. And um, whatever they needed, they got on camera because there's that. So uh, I would like to see the fo- footage. I would love to see what my face looked like. I know Vinny kept saying that he was looking at me. And he was like, you know, no offense, but I think your face might have turned red. <laughs> and imagine a black guy's face like me. I'm a dark dude, right? I'm not Chris Carter. Uh, you know, <laughs> Chris Carter, who's on the show quite a bit from Lockdown Steelers. I always give him a bad time for being light skinned. I always tell me he has light skin tendencies. <laughs> but it's just a little fun joke that we have. So, uh, Anyway, uh, he, he was like, yeah, your face was red. And, uh, yeah, so so imagine that, Damon. Imagine you and your face looking in the mirror and all of a sudden your face is, like, red from whatever you just ate. Oh, yeah, I want no parts of that. No <laughs> parts of it. But it didn't burn. It just, it just felt weird. It was just – it was really strange. Yeah, your but, hold on. So if your face is getting all red, but did you make an actual – a reaction was it audible like <laughs> oh no yeah i i definitely made some i, I <laughs> said a lot of words yeah. i made noise uh, yeah it was weird and like i said i i definitely reacted however they probably wanted me to react but it was it was so just natural i didn't i didn't do it on purpose it was i don't That's know and i have be no- eating shrimp cocktail at 10 in the morning well, I mean, hey, you know, if they offer it, you know, there's no other food around here. And today, as you can tell, as you can hear, there's it's not really a lot of noise going on. A lot of these radio stations are packed up. A lot of these teams are packed up. Matter of fact, I think the Raiders are done. I think they're gone for, like, good. <laughs> I know tomorrow's Friday, but, I mean, a lot of people are leaving, rolling out of town today or going over and checking out the, uh, you know, the activities at Lucas Oil Stadium and then rolling out. So uh, this, this room is going to get a lot emptier real quick, fast. And in a hurry. So uh, there's that, man. But that was a, a good way to start the morning. I'm not mad at that. Uh, you know how we do, man. We're going to keep the party rolling as we always do. Coming up on the show today, pretty excited about the show and very excited to be here as well. Thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official locals casino of the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Coming up this hour, we're going to hear from Mark Ross from NFL Network and also Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Brad's actually just a couple tables down uh, from us, which is really cool. Usually we have him on the phone, but he's a couple tables down. He's recording a, like a podcast or something right now. So when he gets done, we'll uh, he'll he'll hop over here and, uh, and and jump on for a few minutes just to talk about some of the prospects. And you know, we always talk a lot of quarterbacks, but today is a was a is a defensive day. Uh, earlier today, the defensive backs they were talking at the podium early this morning, and of course there was defensive linemen and linebackers that were talking yesterday. So a lot of focus on the defense uh, the last couple days here in Indy. So we'll talk to him about some prospects. We'll just kind of pick his brains on some guys that he's looking at and uh, maybe pull up some of the numbers that these guys are running and their broad jumps and their you know their shuttles that they're running right now. And uh, we'll t- talk to him about those as well and people that he should be on the lookout for. So again, Brad Spielberger will join us this hour. Mark Ross from NFL Network, he'll join us as well. And Damon, I have to tell Mark off top because uh, last time Mark joined the show, he was in studio with you, and I was at the home studio, and he was talking XFL. Oh, yeah, man. I remember that. It was one of those weird moments because you were obviously leading the interview, but the, the looking at me while you're talking is just the <laughs> – yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you it's know how funny. this new studio is set up where I'm behind yeah. the board, right. and he's at the table there. But it was still fun to have him, have him on. You know? yeah. So is he going to be promoting more XFL, or are they doing some XFL scouting at the Combine? Well, he's uh, he's doing, you know, he works for NFL Network as well. So he's actually doing a, a whole lot of uh, the NFL action that's going on at Lucas Oil Stadium. And he's going to be doing that all weekend long. So we'll really be talking about that. And, you know, he was in the front office of the Giants. You know, he's got two Super Bowl rings with them. So really going to talk about building a team, scouting, uh, all that good stuff. You know, hitting on, on your, your, your picks. Uh, you know, quarterbacks in the draft, of course. I mean, you know, you can't have a conversation about the draft without talking about the quarterbacks, especially when you're uh, talking about a team that needs a quarterback like the Raiders, and there's so many different directions to go. But the Raiders, they it's so funny. We get caught up in all these conversations about quarterbacks. They need a lot more than just quarterback, right? They need a lot of defensive help uh, and obviously need some help on offense as well as far as I believe they need a guy that can stretch the field, a speedster, and probably get, you know, an offensive lineman or two to add to the mix. So uh, they still have a lot of team building that they need to do but of course it always starts with the quarterback because uh, as many people have told me here this week if uh, you have everything you need Q and you don't have a quarterback you still don't have the team that you need so uh, again we'll talk to Mark Ross it's always fun to talk to him and uh, off top I'll have to apologize for not being in studio I remember when uh, he was in studio with you he's like yeah man you just treated me bad man couldn't even come out and hang out with me in studio so uh, I'll have to apologize off top when Mark joins the show and then uh, as I mentioned Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus he'll join us here at the table uh, also, my guy, Brandon Cristal from KOA in Colorado. Uh, he's a fantastic dude. He'll join us at 4 o'clock talking all things uh, draft, talking all things combine, talking all things, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels. He has a relationship with Josh McDaniels, and I believe he ran into McDaniels and uh, Dave Ziegler last night out and about around town, and that's something else that goes on quite a bit here uh, after hours in Indy. And uh, matter of fact, me and a couple of uh, other guys went out to a different location. Matter of fact, went to a dinner with the Raiders, uh, some of the media members from the Raiders last night, and that was really cool. We went to Tony's Steakhouse. That was fun. Saw Bryce Young there. He was probably eating a big steak before he uh, had to go weigh in. <laughs> you know, probably probably putting on as many pounds as possible before he had to go weigh in. But, uh, yeah, eating that dinner over at Tony's was really cool. And then, uh, you know, we kind of went out and about and uh, did a little networking like we always do and uh, hung out with Von Miller for a little while and talked to Von Miller. And it, it was really cool to talk to him just because uh, Nolan Smith, the the – 
defensive lineman from Georgia who we actually, you heard his podium session yesterday on, on Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920, and he kept talking about Vaughn and kept talking about him and saying how much he looked up to him. And so when I saw him last night, that was the first thing I said to him. I said, man, how much have you talked to Nolan Smith? Because he he's really a big fan. And he said, man, I'm a big fan. And so we started getting into a conversation. And so they, he started, you know, breaking it down about Nolan. And he was like, man, we should call him right now. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't have to call him. And so I guess I don't know if he thought that I was like really good friends with him or something. And, but he was like, yeah, we should just call him right now. And I was like, no, no, we don't have to call him. Uh, he was at the podium talking about you. So I had to, you know, kind of tell him what was going on. But the cool thing about um, about Vaughn is he's just in town and apparently he's working on his uh, his uh, GM GM in skills. So apparently at some point he wants to be a future GM. But Brandon Cristal from KOA, Colorado, he'll uh, he'll actually tell us more about that because he uh, he was hanging out with uh, with Vaughn as well. So uh, a lot to get to. We'll have plenty of sound from the players that were at the podiums. Again, the cornerbacks, they uh, they they were on today. Uh, got an opportunity to talk to a few of them and really good ones. Really good ones as well. Matter of fact, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon was one of them. Uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. That's where uh, Nate Hobbs went. Got a chance to catch up with him. And he was really late. Uh, his his media session, as far as at the podium, was really late. And he was the only one up there. And I think everyone thought that it was over because there was only like five or six of us there instead of the big crowd that's usually there. So I uh, got plenty of time with Devin Witherspoon. And then uh, also Alabama safety, Brian Branch, another guy that I expect to go very high in the draft. So uh, all three of those you'll hear on the show today. But with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the opening drive as my guy Mark Rush from NFL Network is uh, stepping up to the table. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Back here on Radio Row inside the Indiana Convention Center. This is the Scouting Combine, NFL Scouting Combine 2023. Of course, it's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Mark Ross from the NFL Network, he joins us now at the table. And, Mark, thank you so much. We do appreciate your time. And I have to admit off top, you were in our, our studios in Las Vegas, and yep. we were talking XFL, but I wasn't in studio. Yep. And I, I was at the home studio, and I said, man. Yeah, no time for me, man. It's all right. I yeah, understand. You so, do me wrong like that. But see, what we did is we made it right. We came down here to <laughs> Indianapolis, and now we're hanging out on Radio Row. Uh, hey, that's all right. Never too late. Never too late. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. So uh, we definitely appreciate you being with us uh, this afternoon. And, you know, player evaluation, right? That's what that's what you did for a very long time I in the did. NFL. How important is this scouting combine for these, these guys? Yep. So I started as an area scout with the Philadelphia Eagles back in 1998, worked my way up to director of college scouting, and then ran uh, Bills and, and Giants uh, organization. So scouting is really just, that's the essential to, to me as a, right. as a person in this business. But you just have to use the combine as a part of the process. Mm-hmm. You can't overvalue or undervalue or crush a player for what they do here. And the best teams really go back to what they do on the field, how they play. And it, I never understood how guys could be at one point right now and then come out at a different point at the end of the weekend because of doing things that are non-football drills. Right. So I think the best teams really just use this as part of the total process of evaluating the player, keep it in the right context, and then go from there what they see on the film. Um, a lot of other behind-the-scenes work with this is more important to me than what they do on the field, and that's right. getting to know the player, mm-hmm. the medical information that gets done here. So a lot of hustling behind the scenes is very important as opposed to 
running a 40-year jump in a vertical. Right, and when, when it comes to those interviews, and like you said, getting to know the player, especially when it comes to the quarterback position, how, how important is that to kind of dig yeah. deep into that player? Yeah, it's really your first time for all your staff to get in front of these guys, and even your area scouts throughout the year. You can evaluate players, the film, and talk mm-hmm. to everybody else around them, but you probably don't get to actually meet the player. There's times you do that the players right. will come in when you're watching film and whatnot, grab them for a second after practice. But for the most part, this is their very first time. Some of them in all-star games. But for juniors especially, where you get to sit and look eye-to-eye with them, have them in the room, see how they kind of react to having a big crowd around them, the head coach there, the GM there, sometimes owners are there, just to see that initial, okay, how does this young man handle these situations? And then, of course, depending on where you're picking, you're going to have these guys in your building and do a whole lot more work, particularly your quarterback, and you're picking up in the top ten. Again, this is just part of the process of one step, one aspect that you're going to have a whole lot more evaluations for them. Talk right now with Mark Ross from the NFL Network, longtime scout. Has a couple of Super Bowl rings, too. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of nice. Bad. Not, not not bad. Nice to have that on, on the resume <laughs> yeah. as well. Well, the Raiders, I mean, we're in Vegas. The Raiders need a quarterback. You know, so when you look at this quarterback class that's coming in this year, what would you say? How many franchise quarterbacks are you kind of seeing so far? Look, and, and obviously the hot topic of, of every team, especially those in the top ten, but to me, Bryce Young's the clear favorite, and mm-hmm. he's a guy that you really – can build your franchise around and could be an upper echelon quarterback in the league and no really doubts from me. Of course, mm-hmm. you hear about the size, but right. even that I think it will be fine. And then I think it's a big drop-off. Okay. And then there's always question marks about players, but you know I kind of like C.J. Stroud's skill set, but some questions about him. He's going to take some time. And then the Richardsons and the Levises of the world right. that are going to take a lot of time if they ever are anything, whether you like them or not, they're not jumping in year one to, to save your franchise. Uh, Hendon Hooker, you know, another guy I think is a lot more polished than those guys, more ready to play, but he's got an injury. So right. they all have huge question marks. I think Bryce is kind of the only one that's a certainty, and then you got a lot of question marks that teams are going to have to figure out and dig into throughout this whole process, as I mentioned, to say, do we feel comfortable with this person being our guy? And if he is, how long will that take? You mentioned Bryce Young and not really worried about the size. How do teams kind of protect him, or does he just go out and play football? He protects football himself. Just, yeah, yeah. And that's what I keep saying about him is that his feel for the game, his control of everything what's going around him, mm-hmm. his sixth sense of feeling right. what's going on around him and getting out of trouble and not taking hits is going to, is what's going to save him in the league. This is not a guy that's just going out there to run for, for running right. sake or getting crushed in the pocket. Of course he's going to take hits, but everybody, big guys get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh yeah. Allen gets hurt. Right. Does he Is he more susceptible to getting hurt than, than Josh Allen? I don't know, but these sort of guys break the mold when you have sort of a special talent like this. There's always got to kind of be the first. And smaller quarterbacks are keep coming into the league, keep coming right. into the league, and this is just kind of the natural progression of this guy's phenomenal. Let's not – him being 200 pounds staying in the way of us possibly <laughs> having a franchise guy. Right, and he's, I mean, he's a heck of a player, right? He's a heck of a player. Uh, I love what he was able to do at Alabama. And so, you know, definitely believe he could be a guy that can lead a team moving forward. And, I mean, I got a bunch of questions about, you know, the other guys yeah. after him as well. But let's just talk about the draft in general and how important it is to be able to build a team consistently hit in the draft, right? Get those Because you can't build a team through free agency. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You have to have the foundation of your players. But the, the number one foundation, you better have the quarterback. Right, I mean, right. You can right. draft literally. You can draft Hall of Famers, but if you don't have a quarterback, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And you can, it's what you have to do: set that foundation. 
And then from there, okay, how do we put the pieces around to consistently compete? Mm-hmm. And I've talked to other teams today that have you know, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville where they first pick in the draft two years in a row, take a quarterback, think he's a guy. Now he's there. They feel like he's it. What do we do now? Right. With all these free agents we've got, now we have to consistently draft well. You're not going to hit on all your guys, but mm-hmm. hit on enough. And the greater your quarterback is, right. the more he masks the flaws of everything else on your roster, the better he makes everyone else. So essentially your margin for error is a little more with drafting guys when you've got that superstar quarterback. Okay, let me ask you this then. When we go to the quarterback, and we mentioned that there's a big gap between Bryce Young and then everyone else. So say at seven the Raiders were to grab you know, Richardson or maybe Levis, and then they don't work out. How much does that set your team back when you pick in the top ten and you don't get the quarterback right and you have to go and do it again? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crushing. Right. right? Because you, you take this guy, and it's not only that pick, but then how does it affect all your other picks and not bring the team together and you're losing? So – and we've seen that year after year with certain mm-hmm. teams. I and mean, look at Washington. Right, 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 right. How many years they've been trying to get a guy, and they've just been lost in the, in the, in the desert. And they right. kind of were here and there with certain ones. And RG3 had his flash of brilliance and yeah. all. But for the most part, it's, it's been a struggle. Mm-hmm. And that's where you are. You're right. stuck. You're stuck if you don't have that guy. And it not only sets you back, it just you just don't win. <laughs> right. And, and that's kind of the, the conversation that we've been having is it's almost you have to make sure that that is the guy. You know, if you're going to draft him at number seven, and it's I know there's nothing that's sure shot. You know, you yeah. can't guarantee anything, but you got to be really close. And essentially the Raiders and other teams in the top ten could quite possibly be looking at all these guys and saying they are not the guy. Right. Literally, right. That's, yeah. that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. None of these guys are the guy. You're not talking about CJ. Um, Price, right? But do you start talking yourself into it? Is there pressure mm-hmm. from ownership? Is yeah. there pressure from the head coach, the GM? And that's the where all your franchise has to be on the same page about where you're trying to go as an organization. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you don't take a guy. Are you getting crushed for not taking a guy? So you have to have that conviction of knowing if you do think one of these guys is the guy. Okay, right. now get that guy, support him as much as possible to make him flourish. And if you don't think any of these guys are the guy, don't take one just for the sake of taking one. Taking one yeah. Move on. Take another one. And they, all right, oh, owner, are we good? <laughs> we got another year or something to <laughs> right. find somebody? Right. That's where you always have to be on the same page. NFL Network's Mark Ross with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. We're at the Scouting Combine. So the good thing about the Raiders situation, in my opinion, is that Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels came in at the same time, the GM and the head coach. So I feel like that they're aligned with each other. How important is that while you're trying to build a team to have that same common vision? No doubt that you have to have that. That makes it so much easier. And you don't have to come in. And this is for better or for worse, right. whether they work out or not. Mm-hmm. But at least they're thinking the same way. Now, with that, you can't just have two dudes that just, when I say thinking the same way, like just have the same vision. But you can't just be yes men to one another. Right. You can't just be, uh, oh, okay, let's just do the, There Gotta has to be that respectful. Yeah pushback from one another with mm-hmm. us with the Giants Tom Coughlin and Jerry Reese are completely completely different people and visions and mindsets but it made everybody better the challenging of ideas but we all had that one vision of how do we make the New York Giants you know Super Bowl winners right but with that you got to have that strong conviction with one another and the best stats I've been around all play off of each other and challenge one another of what we're trying to do so it's good that they have the same sort of mindset and vision mm-hmm. 
now with that, they still have to make the right decisions and, and get the right people in place. And ultimately find ways to win games. <laughs> <laughs> you and like you it. said, the Super Bowl. Uh, and and you, you know what that's like, you know, having a, a couple Super Bowl rings, like I said, on the resume. Well, what do you got going on here at the Scouting Combine? What do you, what do you besides talking to guys like me, we yeah, can talk just all making around here, yeah, jumping yeah. on NFL now, next couple of days. Got me time in the 40s, so nice. I'll be doing okay. that as well. Okay. Getting back to my scouting roots at first start now. So just staying busy, man. How much, how much does that kind of give you some juice to, to get Get back to I doing that. So, you know, when I started as a young scout, I used to time. But then once I became the director and executive, yeah. I had never timed before. Right. So last year I did it here. And they, they had asked me, can you still time? So it's like riding a bike. You know, I haven't <laughs> done it, but it's like riding right. a bike. The finger still still works, still nice. quick. That's awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, we got the Vegas Vipers doing their thing. You know, yeah. a little XFL action Keep pumping as well. the Vipers out there Absolutely. We appreciate you so much. Sure thing. My pleasure. There he goes, Mark Ross, NFL Network out here working scouting combine. Said he's going to do that, uh, that, 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 that timing thing, working on the timing. So uh, nothing wrong with that. Damon, how, uh, how, how fast could you run the 40? Have you, have you thought about it? Have you attempted it any time in your life? I don't want to embarrass myself, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I said I don't want to embarrass myself. Come on, man. Go ahead. Let the cat out of the bag, man. How slow did you go? Because I remember, was, I remember you in the parking lot, in the parking lot of uh, we what just was that? We're a lazy dog. I don't, or I don't know dog. if we just ate whatever we did. I don't, it don't matter. I remember you not even getting out of the starting blocks. Then I didn't want to pull something. I mean, you know what, Q? I was <laughs> you know what you, you pulled? You pulled a fifty-one fake out. That's yeah, what you, exactly. you pulled. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to let you have it, man. You were you were too eager. You were too eager for me. But I will say this: in high school, it was probably like, um, whew, like you know, around the five area. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're on the yeah. struggle bus. You weren't yeah, the man. fastest dude yeah, in the world. No. <laughs> but I, I don't think they were timing. I needed Mark Ross, you know, because I don't there know it was one of those. I don't think they were timing it right. You know, these, you these high school coaches. That's why I went starting because they obviously had something against me. <laughs> it's it's always been the man keeping you down, right? Someone's kept keeping you down at all times. Stopped you from growing everything. <laughs> Matter of fact, speaking of it, then we'll take a quick break. Saw John McClain earlier today. He's been around here uh, all week, and so uh, he asked about you. And so I said, oh, yeah, here's a uh, here's a picture of, of uh, DeMond right here. And the first thing he said is, oh, he looks like Kevin Hart. <laughs> no. <laughs> He hit you with the same thing they hit you with in no. Arizona. Yeah, he hit you with the Kevin Hart, man. <laughs> he was my favorite person. He still is. <laughs> Kevin Hart. So maybe I got to reevaluate. Maybe hey, maybe there's something to this that I'm not I'm not seeing. Have you seen all of the memes going around of just people posting pictures of Kevin Hart on Twitter? Have you noticed no. the influx of Kevin Hart on your Twitter? You haven't? No. It's huh. just like the newest thing, you know, it'd be like, man, waiting to clock out at work and people are now just posting pictures of Kevin Hart. Like he's, That's having, funny. he's having a renaissance on Twitter. Okay, well maybe maybe you ought to go into uh, creating some of your own memes, and someone will think that that's uh, you know Kevin Hart like. I don't know, but that was the first thing that John said is, "Oh, he looks like Kevin Hart," and he got a great laugh. <laughs> so maybe there's something to it. I don't know. <laughs> 2.26 is the time. We're at the Scouting Combine, the Convention Center here in Indy. Thanks to Boyd Gaming. We definitely appreciate them. Coming up next or sometime this hour, we're going to have Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We are back here at the Convention Center at the Scouting Combine, and it's a quiet day on this day four of it. And joining us now here at the table, we do appreciate his time, is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Brad. And how's the week been for you, my man? It's been good. You know, running on fumes a little bit, but yes. it's been good. How about you? Man, running on fumes as well. It's just like, it, it seems like, okay, hey, this is going to be cool. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, it's like... It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Been on my feet all day. You know, <laughs> right. if I was running the forty right now, it would not be looking pretty. No, no. But you know what? These guys that are out there running the forty right now, they're doing it. Now, you know, I really wanted to start off with Nolan Smith. You know, he's a guy, uh, Georgia defensive lineman that he caught my attention yesterday when he was talking at the podium. Right? He just had so much energy, and he was just really, uh, as a matter of fact, and I'm going to go out and run everything. I'm going to do all these drills, and he just really caught my attention. I know he tore his pec, so I, you know, the medicals were going to be a big deal. He's blazing everything right now. He's blazing speeds. He's jumping. I mean, he's jumping out. Of the... What What are your thoughts on, on him? I don't know where his range is, where he's going to go in this draft. I mean, because of this testing, and look, before the injury, he was like a projected top 10 pick. Right? Yeah. You're finding him in every mock draft. I know he went viral for one quote saying that, like, Georgia makes more out of less or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the former number one overall recruit in the class. But, right. Um, but, no, I agree with you. He had a great podium. Um, that stuff does matter. You know he brings that energy into the interviews. Yeah. Um, I think his range now could be back into that top 20, potentially, if wow. the injury concerns are not, you know, not, not, not there. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm telling you, that's, it's so, I feel like it's so hard to really peg some of these guys, right? And and you hear something from one person, and then they go out here and do these drills and just kill it, and then you think, okay, they're right back in business, you know? So how much, in your opinion, do these drills, you know, what they're doing in shorts and t-shirts matter in the ultimate, at, at the end of the day? So more and more as teams are going through the Tracking data, they're looking at college tape and getting college testing and all that. So, but there still are thresholds; it still matters. So, mm-hmm. not to you know, you know, throw a guy under the bus or anything, but also a guy like Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa yeah. was getting a ton of buzz in the other direction and is not testing very well right now. And was supposed to test out of the gym and be a guy that could boost his stock because of that. So, it does matter. No one's going to nitpick over you know hundredths of a second, mm-hmm. but you have to hit certain thresholds and, and that explosiveness that he's showing right now, that get off from the defensive line. That's what you want to see. Right, absolutely. And then there's guys like Tyree Wilson who aren't going to do anything because of the injury and you know had the surgery, but he's doing the interviews, he's talking to teams, and he's flying up draft boards. His wingspan is one inch shorter than Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, wow. <laughs> and he's wow. he's 6'6", 270, I think it was. Um, and, yeah, and, that, and that's how big he is. And that's what, like, again, it's traits, it's measurables. Yeah. Was a good player at Texas Tech, definitely has some good film. He definitely could poke holes in his game. But just like Trayvon Walker last year, right, mm-hmm. you say we, what we could turn this guy into right. is, is what you're looking at. What do you think his range is? I think he's a top ten pick. I'd be top. surprised if he's outside of the top ten, especially now with, of course, the news you know coming right. out this week about Jalen Carter. Um, you know, even you know Daniel Jeremiah, one of the best in the business, putting him ahead of Will Anderson. Right. I think what's interesting. I think the thing there is if you're a team that can take a smaller guy, Will Anderson's about two forty five. Yeah. And then you know he's two seventy. So if you're on you know four three defense, want a big defensive end, he could be the top guy on your board if you don't want kind of an outside linebacker type like a Will Anderson. Jalen Carter, you mentioned him. He's back to the combine, which I think is important, which is a big deal. But how do you think that this whole thing affects his draft stock, if it does at all? 
Yeah, so of course we're going to see the rest of it play out. But as of right. right now, it's two misdemeanors. Not to downplay any of what's going on there at all. Right. Um. You know, but we have seen in the past this league that maybe isn't going to you know kill you if it's not you know escalate to felonies or get, get any worse than that. Yeah. Look, I think he'll drop a bit. I think what's fascinating there is you had teams in Chicago and Arizona at one and three that have probably been thinking, I would love to get one of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and yeah. of course probably thinking about trade scenarios and stuff like that. Do they now no longer take that risk of hey we might trade and miss out on one of those guys or we only uh, there's only one now on our opinion. Right. Uh, I think it changes everything about this draft. Brad Spielberger is our guest here. He's live on Radio Row with us at the Convention Center. DeMond's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Go ahead, DeMond. A question that I want to ask you, Riley Moss, he's been getting hit with a lot of questions today playing corner. It's the inverse <laughs> of him being the white corner that's getting asked, are you sure you can play this position? If he tests well, <laughs> where do you think he could go? Let's say if he hits that 4-3-8 that he's aiming for in the 40. Yeah, I think best case scenario, he's a late uh, late third round pick if he does test off the charts. I think he's like an early day three guy. Yeah, there was a bunch of very funny questions that I think he did a great job of answering. Yeah. We said, I don't look like the other guys, but I play like them. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask him if he models his game after Troy Apke and Jason Seahorn. That's uh, funny. <laughs> I wimped out on that question, but no, I think he did a great job. He also was talking about how teams, he actually expected more teams saying, we think you're a safety, we think you're a slot, and a lot of teams told him, you're an outside corner. Oh man, So that's great for him, but also ahead, when it comes to this DB position like group in this draft I heard that it's pretty deep what do you think about maybe some day two guys or day three guys at corner are any of those guys that could be day one starters if you were to draft them on day two or three yeah, it's a super deep position group. Um, you're hearing that from all these GMs mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and then they say it, and they realize they probably shouldn't have said it. Right. Um, you know, if a guy like, you know, we're hearing a lot of ton of first-round picks, Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, Christian Gonzalez at Oregon, um, but also Cam Smith. And, and, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, I think, would be a good day two guy, where mm-hmm. I think he comes in, Mississippi State guy, um, and maybe, you know, comes and makes an impact right away. What do you think about Devin Witherspoon? We got an opportunity to hear him. He was the last guy at the podium, and there wasn't anybody there. So it's like only about five of us were there. But he, I mean, he looks the part. He could, Obviously, he could play coming out of Illinois. He has a little chip on his shoulder. We love that for cornerbacks. What are your thoughts on him? D is one of the hardest-hitting cornerbacks I've seen in a very, very long time. I mean, Illinois put a lot of man coverage, so has shown he can do that. A lot of colleges, maybe they don't see guys play a lot of man. They play a lot of soft zone, and so you're projecting the NFL where they play more man, and, and you're worried there. He's done that. And, no, I'm saying there are some, there's some film of him laying the biggest hits on all of college football last year. I think he is a potential top-10 pick as well. A little bit smaller than the guys I just mentioned, but still six feet tall, about 185, yeah. I want to say it is. Um, for me, like Detroit Lions at six, like it is the most like the perfect like you know team need play fit it makes all the sense in the world to me what about one pick behind how about number seven <laughs> is that is, is that a good location for Devin uh, yes, 100%. I think Patrick Graham would love to work with him. Again, mm-hmm. a guy who wants to play more man principles. I think plays zone at times because he needs to based on personnel. But 100%, I think they need that like aggressive dog type guy back there, and right. he is that guy. Christian Gonzalez, you mentioned Porter. You know, which which one is there? One that you like? Is there a flavor of guy you like a little bit more? Or I think Christian Gonzalez is a like potentially one of those guys that if he pans out the way he could, could be mm-hmm. one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I mean, he came on the podium today. I thought he was a linebacker. The right, guy is right. Big, yeah, right? he is. He is. <laughs> like yeah. 6'2", maybe, yep. maybe over 200 pounds. Um, and, and even at that size, one of the more fluid guys I've watched in a long time. So, you know, sometimes those bigger corners, they get out there a little bit stiff in the hips. They can't turn. He can turn better than anybody in this class. So, yeah. um, I like Joey Porter Jr. a lot. I loved his quote today. You know, um, my dad on the field, my mom off the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I smile more. You know, a bit more <laughs> laid back. But um, I think he still does. He mentioned he has that dog in him. 
um, and I believe them. And look, those Penn State guys on defense, all they do is come out and produce right away in this league right now. No, they do. They absolutely do. And the defense is on display. They were on display yesterday at the podium. They're right now at the at the stadium. They're going through all their drills. Is there anyone that's kind of flying under the radar that you're 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 focused in on that you want to see how they do? Yeah, that's a good one. You know, I, I still am fascinated by the, the Clemson guys that are now kind of going down the board a little bit. Yeah. Um, that would be Brian Breesey on the interior and Miles Murphy on the edge. Two guys that were, you're seeing in top tens, and now you're seeing, like, late first-round picks. Um, I'm starting to wonder, is like is there an overcorrection there, right? Is, mm-hmm. it, is it too far of a drop um, just based on little things? And I think maybe a team, if, like, if they're there for Philly or Kansas City, like, are yeah. they getting a steal potentially that late in the draft? You know, it feels like there's, there's a lot of split information with Breesey. Or breezy. I don't understand why it's such a big. Like some people really, really like him, and some people are like on the fence with him. I talked to a club yesterday who said, uh, you know, some teams have him top ten, some have him in the fifty to sixty range. Right? Oh, like yeah, it's, that's it's, what I'm saying. No, like, you're right, a hundred percent. A couple injuries at Clemson. You know, I think he dealt with some off field stuff. You know, unfortunate. You know, events in his life that yeah. he had to deal with, um, and that of course is going to you know impact you know whatever. But um, again, like you said, right, the range is massive. On yeah, him. it really is. Go ahead, Demond. Who do you think is the odds-on favorite, or if you had to pick one team, who do you think is most likely to trade for that number one pick? I still think it is the Indianapolis Colts. I, I mean, I do think the Jalen Carter thing changes everything, but I think also having two AFC South teams and Houston at two and then Indianapolis at four, there's all this motivation to jump ahead of them, get your guy. Um, we know a quarterback. They don't want a guy. They want their guy. They right. want to take the risk of missing out on the player they love. Um, but if you're Chicago now, maybe are you afraid, like I said, of going down that far? Maybe you just want to go to two. So I'll still say Indy at four because for them, it's like they're not going to go the veteran route. They've tried it ten mm-hmm. times now. They have to land their guy in this class. I think GM Chris Ballard is in a make or break year this year. You know, I think people honestly thought he could get fired with Frank Reich this past season. I just I would be surprised if they don't come out of this draft with a quarterback and ideally their quarterback. No doubt. I mean it's it's gonna that's gonna be interesting too because there's so many teams, including the Raiders, that need quarterbacks, right? I mean and and I don't think that there's that franchise got guy for every team that needs that quarterback just it just feels like it's not really that class matter of fact I mean let's go ahead and jump into it what do you think about the class especially the top four guys so I, I do love Bryce Young I get why teams are going to be scared he's gonna be five ten and a half maybe mm-hmm. 185 pounds maybe a little bit more I know he's been trying to put on weight yeah. you know, is that good weight you know we don't know um, but I think he is a special- he was at Tony's so that was good weight <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. yeah I'm gonna test that as well that is some good weight right um, but yeah so you know I think he is a special player his poise and his pocket presence I think at the college level I have not seen in a long time mm-hmm. I also think people always think, oh, he was at Bama, so he must have had a great offensive line, great receivers. He didn't really have that this year. He right. did not have a good supporting cast and still was not quite Heisman level like the year before, but a really, really good player. Number two for me would be C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Um, I've never had one single game make a bigger impact on my thoughts on a player than him. his game against Georgia. Yeah. I mean, you know, he didn't play great against Michigan, goes up against another elite defense in Georgia, and he was a guy where, look, great pocket passer, can make every single throw, but didn't really have that out-of-structure stuff that matters so much in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that Georgia game, he was thrown off platform. He was throwing, moving to the left, moving to the right. Um, so I think he's a great player. And then I would go Anthony Richardson from Florida. Okay. I think he is this year's guy where, look, I think he might take a year or two. I don't think he's as big of a project as everyone's saying, first okay. of all. Okay. Does not take a lot of sacks, avoids letting pressure turn into sacks, which is huge. Um, but, I mean, the tools are crazy mm-hmm. on him. Um, and then I would have Will Levis fourth. So Richardson, he is only, uh, the experience it's, or lack of experience is really the biggest thing. So maybe just, again, just being a, a year or two sitting behind a, a, a real starter and Maybe that can get him up to speed? Right. I think he has like 400 college pass attempts, which right. is a very, very low number. Very low. Um, um, yeah. yeah, but but yes. In this today, today's NFL, they want to bring in a guy, an athlete, a really, really good passer. I mean, his arm is an absolute cannon, um, and then make it work from there, and he's that guy. 
Before we let you go, I want to ask you about two linebackers we got to talk to yesterday. Andre Carter from Army. I, I like uh, what he brought to the table. And then Jack Campbell as well from Iowa. What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, Carter was a guy, again, you know, at Army's, it's fascinating that he's going this high and projecting this high yeah. in the draft for you. He was getting some, like, maybe potentially first-round buzz. Now we're not there yet. I think mm-hmm. it'll be probably a day-two pick, maybe a third-rounder. A good player. That's really awesome. Good. How yeah. awesome is that? I know, right? I know. It's, <laughs> it's so cool to see him, uh, an academy guy, go that early you know, and get that bag. And, and, and you know, he deserves it for sure. I think he's got a very high floor. Maybe this ceiling isn't as high as people thought, yeah. um, but I'd be surprised if he's not a you know at least rotational player. Um, and the Jack Campbell guy who's, who's skyrocketing right now. Yeah, um, we're talking about the Iowa linebacker. He also had a pretty funny podium. You know, you know, gave some good quotes. Um, but yeah, I mean, a guy that I think in this class, it's not a great linebacker class. I think he is a top linebacker in this class. Um, so maybe that helps him out because he you know moves up the board right, a little right, bit. Yeah. Um, but just a big guy. You know, in today's NFL, they obviously want some lighter, speedier linebackers. He can still cover and move well at a bigger size, which is is the dream, really. He's been a guy that even my guy Vinny, who's not here right now, he's over uh, watching all the drills. He keeps saying, Q, watch him. Just watch him. Keep him on your radar. He keeps saying, he's. I feel I feel like he's a guy that the Raiders would be very interested in, Patrick Graham would want in his system. And I think in that second-round pick range for them, like yeah. that's the spot where I think he's going to go. Wow. Well, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, and this is just part of the process. Well, Brad, I know you guys are doing a lot of great work at PFF. You guys have been busy at your table, as busy as I've been here at this table. What do you guys got, got coming out? What are you dropping? We're obviously covering every single thing draft-related, combine-related. We're also there collecting all the data and putting all that out. So we'll nice. have updated mocks and, and updated everything from that. And then, of course, for me, what I'm here doing is schmoozing and hearing about free agency <laughs> and learning who's going to get paid what. So I will have my post-combine update. Okay. I'll have 150 free agents from 100. Wow. And a lot of the contract projections will change based on things I've heard this week. All right. And Jerron Payne has been franchised. So, uh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> our, our, our collective dream is dead. As, as right. Bears, Bears and Raiders guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No more Jerron Payne. Red line through his name. That's what I did. I just, oh, here you go. But it is what it is, and that's how it goes. Well, Brad, thanks so much for being with us. We definitely appreciate you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Many thanks to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Joined us there in the last segment here as we are live on Radio Row here in Indy in the Convention Center having a good time at the Scouting Combine. Got a lot to get to on the show. We still have plenty of uh, player podium sounds to get to. Talked to plenty of guys today, and we'll definitely bring that to the uh, to the show. Got a lot of uh, response already on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Haven't even thrown the show topic out there yet, but already got some really good responses like this one from the 510. Uh, for context, I didn't want the Raiders to move on from Carr, but I am now fully on board with the Raiders taking AR7 at 7. At, AR at number seven. The more I hear about him, the more I like him on this team. A nugget from TDL's Marcus Johnson. Raiders like to throw intermediate, and AR has the third highest completion percentage of this class when throwing intermediate. Seems like a perfect fit for a stacked Raiders offense and a quarterback-friendly league. So there's that, and it's so funny, man. There's so many different flavors to choose from when it comes to these quarterbacks. They're all very much different. They all have areas that they need to improve. So uh, it's really basically what you prefer. You know, some folks uh, have... Richardson as the fourth best quarterback. We just talked to Brad Spielberger. He had him as the third best quarterback. So I mean, it's always, it's 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 just kind of in the beauties in the the eye of the beholder, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So 
with the combine going on, with all the drills actually starting up, I uh, just want to throw it out there, just have a little bit of fun at 69187, keyword R&R. What position group intrigues you the most when it comes to the combine? And is there any drills that you're a big fan of? We already talked to DeMond about him and his 40 and his non-existent 40-yard dash. But uh, let us know if there's a, a, a drill, a certain drill that you're really a big fan of or position groups that intrigue you the most. I really am a big fan of the defense. You know, I mean, the quarterbacks, everyone wants to see them throw the ball, but it's such a controlled environment, and it's such a, you know, it's, it's, it's they're throwing it against no defense. They have no pass rush. So, I mean, it's really like pitch and catch out there. And sometimes it's cool to see a guy with a real big arm, you know, throw it way down the field. But at the same time, it's like, okay, cool. You know, it's like we already know that you could do that. Uh, I like to see these defensive guys go through drills. You see these big men, especially, I mean, you see the big defensive linemen running 40s and, and doing change of direction and how quick they're going. I mean, you can't help but to say, wow, that dude was moving. So for me, I just really like checking out the defense and, and seeing how they uh, go to work and how they put in and go through these drills and, and the 40 and, and all that good stuff. But we do want to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R. So don't be broke, text line. And also 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Robert, in San Jose. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Uh, thanks, for, <clears throat> excuse me. thanks for taking my call to you. I'm sitting here watching the uh, combine, I guess like you are, and seeing these defensive linemen and linebackers out there and seeing all the talent uh, that the Raiders could use on the, at the defensive line and linebacker. Uh, Anthony Richardson, no, not, not at number seven. Okay. Uh, you can find Anthony. Uh, if someone can tell me it, that you cannot find Anthony Richardson next year in the first round, then I would think about it. But I haven't heard anyone tell me that you can't find Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or even C.J. Shroud in the next draft. Okay. There are so many talented defensive players I see out here on the field that the Raiders have an opportunity to, to set their defense for years to come in this draft, especially between defensive linemen and, and linebackers. They had a, the young guy from Northwestern had a – at 282 with a uh, 156 split in 10 yards. We haven't had a guy like that kind of athletic ability and that big, and he looks powerful on our defensive line in, in decades. Let's rebuild this defense and actually play some defense. We can find the quarterback at a later date. Let's, let's build defensively, please. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. So uh, don't have to worry about a quarterback. Just build up the defense. All right. Well, I mean, that's, again, like I said, there's so many different opinions when it comes to these guys. And if it's worth getting a guy at seven or if it's worth trading back and trying to get a guy or if it's worth sitting them and thinking, okay, it's going to take a year or two to develop, right? I mean, I'm one of those that if, if they go and get a, a young dude, I want to I want to see him play immediately, but I realize that with a couple of these guys, they're going to have to take time to grow, and, and, and they should. If they're not ready, don't throw them out there just for the sake of doing it, just to say, oh, hey, you know, let's see what this new toy can do. I mean, don't put them out there until they're ready, but I think every, everybody selfishly would like to see these guys go out there and perform soon. Yeah, yesterday when you and Vinny were talking to Jordan Reed, so his evaluation of Anthony Richardson, it was, hey, man, this guy's great. But I was thinking a little bit, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be great for the Raiders, though. When he talked about, the like, hey, the way to get through those kinks in his game, you know, with the footwork and the mechanics would be for, for him to play more. But it really just sounded like, 
I don't know about him being the quarterback of the future for the Raiders. Not that he won't be a good quarterback at the next level, but just Jordan Reed. It was one of those, I don't know, I'm not as high on him as I am now after hearing that evaluation on him. So it, it just goes to show that with these quarterbacks in this draft, I'm not saying that I could be swayed either way, but sometimes when a certain person that you value their opinion, like a Jordan Reed says, yeah, but the footwork it just isn't there. It's going to change what you're thinking about these quarterbacks in the draft. But I still do have him ranked. I know this is going to be a little aggravating to some people. I still do have him ranked higher than Will Levis. That is my point. Where if Jordan Reed, he did say, hey, Anthony Richardson, some of the footwork problems. But even still, if it was him and Will Levis on the board at the same time, I'm still going to take Anthony Richardson there because I do believe in him more than I do Will Levis. It looks like we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back and kick off hour number two here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. 